from the dark web to your radio dial, you are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. I'm joined this week by Dr. Arij Albatani. We're really thrilled to have her on the program uh, talking uh, with us about uh, the research, um, the undergraduate and graduate programs, and all the things that make Our Lady of the Lake a a special place uh, to learn about computer security. So thank you for joining us this week. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. So um, help uh, everybody uh, learn a little bit about Our Lady of the Lake University. We've got listeners here uh, on the radio on 1200 WAI. Um, Those folks may have driven over to the west side of town. They may have seen the gorgeous campus at some point. But for those listening on iHeartRadio or finding us later on iTunes podcasts or Pocket Cast on an Android device, they may never have uh, seen or heard about Our Lady of the Lake before this conversation we're having now. So Our Lady of the Lake is a Catholic private university. Um, Its main campus in San Antonio, but it has other campuses in uh, the woodland in north of Houston and in the La Feria in the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, We have um, a lot of um, undergraduate and graduate programs. Uh, Some of them are face-to-face and others are online and some are hybrid. So if you were listening um, and you were in California right now, there's online computer information security programs available? Yes, uh, Master of uh, Information uh, Systems and Security, yes. Okay, yeah, so uh, no matter where you're listening, uh, there may be an opportunity here for you to advance your education in the cybersecurity space. And uh, on this program, uh, we cover education on a regular basis because as we look out there uh, across uh, industry, cybersecurity is something that applies to every company. This is not just something that a certain type a business has to do. Every business over the next 20 years is going to either need to directly hire cybersecurity professionals themselves or hire companies that are cybersecurity professionals. As, as your information moves from paper records to digital records, those digital records have to be secured through cybersecurity. We've seen many news articles about what happens when um, cybersecurity best practices are not followed, when uh, people that are working on them, maybe you even hired people to do things, but they've not gone through university programs where they teach ethics and uh, responsibility and data privacy in addition to just how to configure firewalls and devices. So uh, this is is one where education is very important. Um, There's hundreds of thousands of job openings posted, and there's probably millions of real openings out there where companies are just afraid to actually even put the job up because they know they're not going to get candidates today. Yes, definitely. Um, there's a, a big shortage in, in the job market for um, cybersecurity um, professionals. And um, if, if, if you are thinking of you know, uh, choosing a career path, cybersecurity is the right fit. It has a lot of benefits. It's um, one, um, as I mentioned, one of the fastest growing in IT. And also you can get um, you know, uh, great salary, great benefits. And um, um, last year, uh, the US um, News and World uh, Report ranked cybersecurity is eighth on the list of the best 
100 best jobs. That means it competes with, you know, it comes with six-figure salaries, security, plenty of room for upward mobility, and so forth. Uh, so um, when you're getting a degree in cybersecurity plus business as what, what we offer, you get um, diverse skills that will allow, allow you to be very marketable. Yeah, and you you know one of uh, the other guests we've had on our program, Dr. Greg White. Uh, yes. I learned as we were talking uh, pre-program. So, uh, what made you decide to get into cybersecurity and then ultimately work through to get your your PhD there um, with Dr. White? Yes, uh, actually, it happened by accident. I was not planning, but uh, when I came to the U.S., I um, wanted to study uh, the master and PhD in computers, but I didn't. I wasn't um, uh, sure what. Um, area I would go th uh, to. But then I took classes in Iowa State University about security, firewalls, network security, and, and so forth. And I had to write a um, research report about, uh, you know, a Morris Worm at the time. And I just fell in love. I, I, I thought, this is it. That's what I want to do. Uh, so after I finished my um, master's from Iowa State University, I joined um, uh, well, I waited two years and then I joined <laughs> UTSA and um, looking at all uh, the available you know, options for me to work with, I chose uh, Greg White because he's a great person, awesome, awesome energy, enthusiastic, very passionate about cybersecurity and, and that's what I wanted uh, uh, to do. And, uh, and he, he was the right fit for me to guide me uh, and give me the freedom of choosing whatever I wanna do in, in that field. Yeah, so that's a, a important one when going to get your, your PhD. So if you finish up that master's program at, at Our Lady of the Lake, um, being able to uh, understand and know that there's even options here in San Antonio to continue on and get your PhD. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't uh, offer um, um, a doctoral in Our Lady of the Lake in cybersecurity, but we do offer the master's for working professionals. I mean, um, students who um, come to our program are from a variety of uh, walks of life, military, working professional, or, or actually uh, recent graduates. Um, because um, it's very convenient for them to take the master's. It's uh, completely online. Um, it's asynchronous um, uh, instruction. And uh, also it provides them uh, with the um, ability to pass the CISSP exam. So after they finish the degree, they can pass it easily. Uh, in addition to that, we offer a cyber uh, security certificate for those who took the uh, information assurance courses. So uh, on that master's program, then a, a very wide set of curriculum if it's going to cover all the 10 domains for the CISSP. Oh, yeah. We cover um, the traditional uh, CISS, which traditional information systems, uh, like, you know, um, database management systems, um, um, and programming, um, all of that, plus um, the information assurance and security management courses. Uh, these include information assurance, um, um, policies, um, um, also ethics. Uh, we have special topics course, and every time we offer different uh, uh, subjects uh, like security in the cloud, compliance standards, uh, wireless security, and so forth. 
Yeah, and for for those uh, listening, the CISSP, if you're not familiar with it, is uh, one of the most uh, broad and widely recognized uh, cybersecurity professional certification. There's um, specifics uh, ones as well under information systems audit and management um, from other organizations. The CISSP is one that covers at a, a broad level all of the different, whether it's application all the way through to physical system security inside of data centers, it covers all sorts of uh, domain expertise, which is why um, businesses look towards folks to have that broad background and understanding. Uh, the drawback of being in the uh, security business is the attackers only have to find one weakness and the defenders have to defend against everything. So uh, if you have domain experts as your the security folks with a, a very narrow focus uh, and with maybe they're the world's best at configuring firewalls, but they don't know anything about application security, the hacker's going to go, wow, that's a really strong, well set up firewall. And they're going to go right past that to the application area where they would be able to potentially get in. Um, and this is why businesses need application and firewall security and all of these different aspects. And you need cyber professionals that have that broad background and broad knowledge. Exactly. Um, so in the classic CISS courses um, includes in-depth study of database management systems, as I mentioned, system analysis and design, telecommunications and networking, also information system platforms, focusing on the management of information system. Um, now, in the um, uh, the uh, undergraduate, it's a different uh, degree. However, most of the content that we teach in the graduate program, we teach it also in the undergraduate, in addition to, to the business uh, core. So um, in the uh, undergraduate degree, we offer three types of degrees, um, Bachelor of Science, Bachelor of Business Administration, and Bachelor of Applied Studies. So um, in the Bachelor of Business Administration, we have the core CISS courses plus uh, business uh, courses. So um, as if you're getting a double major or um, double major in business and in information systems and security. So our graduates really gra um, have a set, uh, a set of skills that uh, can help them in the market quite a lot. Yeah, and the, that business background is very important because as you're coming through to secure something, you have to understand the, the value of the, the information that you're protecting um, and the, the risk. You need to be able to understand the business aspects around that because you shouldn't necessarily secure if, say, we had a, a database that contained uh, public available information. So these are um, names and, and addresses of the the people that own homes in, in Bear County here in Texas. Um, that's listed online in the Bear County Appraisal District. You can go look all this stuff up. It's all public information. Should you secure that information so that it's not alterable or changeable and so that it's accurate? Yes, but you don't need to protect that information and keep it private. And those having a business understanding along with the security skills. Now you're involved in different conversations in your career. Um, instead of being told, here are the security controls to go implement, you're helping design policy and make decisions around which controls to implement on which systems and why. Uh, so if you're looking at, at the practical application and you enjoy the policy and planning 
that double major gets you straight in there in, in day one. Uh, whereas if you want to spend more time going deep on, on the technical aspects of it, you'll be doing the implementation, configuration, and details of those individual controls. And this is one as well where I think a cybersecurity, if a lot of folks hear that, they see the hacker things on TV, they assume that everyone doing cybersecurity is a computer programmer. But is, is that really the case? No, <laughs> yeah, that's not the case. Um, actually, we focus on the technical aspects. We want our students to be well-rounded. Uh, we start uh, uh, with them uh, from the ground up, from the hardware, operating systems, networking, um, and we continue to the you know networking, security policies, forensics, and uh, penetration testing. And we recently added a course on malware analysis. Uh, I created the course two years ago. Um, because that's my research area. That's what I'm passionate about the most. Um, in this course, uh, we teach students how uh, to take a piece of malware or a binary uh, in general and uh, analyze it, try to dissect it, find exactly uh, the logic behind it uh, without knowing the source code or without knowing you know, how it was written. Uh, and we made... Uh, at the beginning, we taught this course as a special topics course, and now we uh, we made it as a permanent course in the in the degree. Uh, we're planning to add more as well. We're planning to add cloud security and uh, mobile app applications because, as um, as you all know, everyone is relying on their mobile device, and the security of mobile devices right now is not that great. So we want to tie everything together with our students so that. Uh, they become well-rounded and uh, they know the risks and uh, they know how to mitigate those risks. Yeah, that malware analysis course is something that's uh, very important and, and it's one where if you're listening and you're not a computer expert, and here in San Antonio we have a Texas Biomed, they're a research facility that takes apart viruses that like you would have heard of like Ebola or other engineered viruses um, that have been designed as as bio weapons of war well computer hackers develop malware which is a computer virus we've all heard the term computer virus but a malware is just a an advanced type of computer virus and you need to have the same as Texas Biomed has researchers over there trying to uh, take apart the viruses and understand them so that they can build a cure for it same thing goes on in the computer world. You need to be able to take apart the malware, understand how it works so that you can build a defensive measure for it or you can uh, learn uh, how it's going to spread, what its behavior and profile is going to look like if there were an outbreak with this malware. So there's all sorts of um, parallels between how you would study um, viruses and bacteria in medical research. Same thing in cybersecurity research. So uh, as you're going through from a student perspective, looking at like, do I want to go into medical research? Um, but maybe I, I, I'm a little bit squeamish and I don't like uh, blood and those sorts of things, then you can look at cybersecurity. There's many of the same thought constructs, many of the same um, processes you need to go through. You're working with computer digital information instead of, of physical uh, viruses and systems. Exactly. That's um, what I always tell my students. You can think of malware analysis as a puzzle. Again, it's a, it's a general example of problem solving, but with a puzzle, uh, you don't know the pieces of the puzzle. You try to fit the pieces together. And as you go, as you discover those pieces, you get more acquainted with what type of, um, you know, 
what type of input has been used, what type of output, how, how the logic of the program is going through. So it is, um, and I heard from my students a lot that in this course, everything makes sense now. All what they learned in the previous courses now makes sense. Now they're tying it together. Yeah, because most malware uses application layer pieces, network layer pieces. Mm -hmm. It will do things. So some of it gets into into the firmware, into the BIOS, into um, the stored memory on a, a network card or a sound card. So uh, you all of a sudden, all these Lego pieces, effectively, that you've learned at the fundamental levels now get assembled into you. You need to know all of those to be able to dissect and analyze a, a complex malware. Yes, exactly. Uh, what's great about our program as well is that um, we, our curriculum is certified by the NSA and the DHS. And uh, as a result, our, uh, our Lady of the Lake is designated as a Center for Academic Excellence in Information Assurance uh, Education. And I, as far as I know, uh, our Lady of the Lake was the first in Texas to, be, uh, to have this designation. So that's a big deal. So we have that history. We know uh, what cybersecurity education means, and we try um, to innovate as well. As you know, threats are, um, Get, you know, being uh, more advanced uh, day and day, and and we have to uh, to keep pace with what's going on in the world, and and teach our students to be competent um, to, in order to fight those threats. Yeah, no, I mean this this is one. Um, there's lots of analogies that I use to to try to help explain cybersecurity to folks that are uh, getting interested in it, maybe thinking about learning it. Um, it's got the aspects of medical research uh, and a lot of those same things. So it's, it also has the, the aspects of uh, conventional warfare in that this is an arms race. You have the uh, people making weapons and you have people making defenses to those weapons or analyzing those weapons so that you can figure out how to build a defensive system. There's uh, lots of uh, just general security and, and basic things that you will do to prevent um, the uh, kind of common criminal, and then this progresses all the way up to things like that we we watch in the movies like Ocean Eleven, where you've got some real sophisticated teams of people trying to break into a, a casino in Vegas and steal the money out of the vault a hundred layers below the ground or whatnot. Same thing happens in the computer security world. Um, there's a, a lot of uh, what used to be called script kitties out there. These are people using off-the-shelf tools to do basic attacks. Their goal is is uh, kind of like that, that kid maybe that's going around the neighborhood opening up car doors to see if they can get inside the car. Not a sophisticated criminal. Um, maybe they're just out there for mischief. They want to see if the keys are in the car. They can go drive it around the block. They might not even take the money out of the change tray. So like this is some of the same things happen inside the computer world. And then you go all the way up to, to very sophisticated folks that are um, out there looking to steal personal private information, sell that on a black market. Uh, they're looking to uh, invent uh, cyber weapons and sell those cyber weapons. So you, you have uh, every time Apple releases a new iPhone, and we're, we're about to have that here in a new iOS 11. Um, the last time there was a bounty out there on the, the the black markets for a million dollars for the first uh, root exploit of the iPhone so that you can put software on there, malware effectively, that's going to break into the iPhone and give you administrative access to it. And uh, criminal organizations will pay a million dollar bounty for that. Um, I expect we'll see maybe even higher than a million this time because Apple's got a big team of security researchers trying to make that harder. Um, and the, the value of being able to break in and get administrative access to iPhones uh, is big for those folks. We've seen 
lots of folks that uh, are using devices, uh, mobile, as, as you were talking about, mobile security, uh, where personal information is getting taken from them, personal things are getting taken off those devices, and then people are being blackmailed, uh, all sorts of um, bad things that you can think of that a bad actor is going to do. Um, they're going to use that and, and do these things over the computer these days instead of uh, physically um, breaking into houses that's more valuable for them to break into your cell phone these days than it probably is for them to break into your front door. We talked uh, about some of the undergraduate programs. We, we hinted on the, the master's program that you have there online. Uh, on that program, it, enrollment, does it start on a regular um, university calendar year or how, how does enrollment work for that master's program? Um, students can enroll in any semester. Um, the program has 30 credit hours. Um, they may complete them in 12 months uh, if they took it full time or five terms, uh, like uh, six hours per term. Okay, those courses are not sequenced, so there's no course prerequisites. We designed them to be taken um, on their own, and it's completely online and asynchronous um, instruction. That means um, um, stu students do not enroll or uh, watch, um, you know, lecture online at specific time. So at their own pace. Um, what's what's good about this is that you know working professionals can take um, this degree, um, even professionals who do not have an IT background, because we designed the foundation course, which is six credit hours, and that will cover most IT-related subjects and equip them with the knowledge they need to finish that degree. Yeah, so this is uh, open and accessible to all. Um, you can, if you're listening now here in September, you can go through the application process and start after your Christmas holiday or your, your end of the year break there and get going at any time. And this is, is one we've hinted at um, on the program and, and talked about uh, in some of the other areas with our education series. Um, at this point, education is, even for cybersecurity, is becoming affordable, accessible. Um, there's a wide variety of programs out there, and these programs will set you up and enable you for different jobs and careers. As mentioned here, with the, the NSA and DHS certification as a center of academic excellence, uh, that credential helps you if you want to uh, specifically work for uh, government contractors, if you want to work for a government agency, they look very highly upon that. Some It's required in some job roles and job descriptions, so uh, that opens up more doors for you. Um, there's uh, different reasons you may go to uh, another university that doesn't have that. If you didn't want to work in the public sector, you didn't want to work for folks that were going to look at that as the, the bar of, of excellence that they expect uh, for cybersecurity professionals coming into them. But, um, it, it's, it's one that I recommend, I think it, it opens more doors. It doesn't close any doors to have that additional designation on your degree. Uh, and it, it's one that uh, it also they're doing a good baseline of ensuring that these programs are going to be at the quality they need to be. Uh, with the availability of education out there as well, uh, there's a wider variance in quality these days than I, I would really like to see as a professional that uh, owns and runs a business myself. I, I want students coming to me then they are spending a lot of money and time on education and I have it's heartbreaking almost to tell folks in some cases that you may have spent money and years on 
curriculum that's out of date um, from a program that was not certified and accredited the way that it should be. Um, this is why here on CyberTalk Radio, we try to bring guests on from great universities like Our Lady of the Lake to share the availability and the accessibility and, and the options at programs like this so that, that people are spending their time uh, getting the uh, education that's going to be able to enable them for that future career. Yes, exactly. And uh, regarding our uh, department, uh, the faculty that we have has a diversity of expertise. We have a lawyer who had a Master of Science in CISS. He's a, a graduate of the, of the program. And we have other PhDs. Um, and also we have more females than males. And that proved to attract more females to our program. Actually, um, you know, running through the data, um, females almost are 50% of the population of our graduates. That's so. uh, an amazing and a great thing to hear. Uh, we're going to take a bottom of the hour break for news, traffic, and weather. Uh, after that, we're going to talk some more about the uh, business cybersecurity program, some of the summer boot camps. Uh, we may dive a little bit more into malware and some of the other areas of our guest research. Welcome back to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. I'm joined this week by Dr. Arij Albatine from Our Lady of the Lake University here. Uh, they are a center of academic excellence certified by the NSA. Uh, and uh, you can almost see uh, that NSA Texas facility from campus. It's uh, over there on the, the west side of town for the, the main Our Lady of the U Lake University campus here. Um, we've got uh, the Air Force uh, nearby as well doing a lot of cyber work. With that, uh, you, you get uh, a part of the, the whole cyber security community we have going on here in the city of San Antonio. There's over 100 cybersecurity companies headquartered here, uh, lots of, of operations jobs, lots of going back and forth. Uh, between here and the uh, the Washington DC area which is uh, another major cyber hub uh, and with that uh, concentration that we have here in San Antonio uh, it's attracted uh, great professors uh, that they can get there at, at the university uh, teaching uh, both 
bachelor's and master's programs. If you wanted to learn uh, more and you're just joining the program now, uh, this will be posted online uh, on Tuesday here after this uh, airing on Saturday night. If you're listening to us online already, uh, thank you for doing so. Uh, you can find us uh, on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com as well as on YouTube, uh, iTunes Podcasts, uh, Pocket Cast for an Android device, or if you have any other uh, podcasting app, uh, chances are now our great production team has figured out how to get uh, us out there on your podcast app of choice. Uh, so in uh, this uh, segment of the program, uh, we're going to go through some of uh, the community involvement and other things that are going on here. Just academic research and uh, academic institutions provide education in the community. Uh, that's their primary mission, but they uh, also end up involved in much more than that. So thank you again for joining us this week and uh, want to go ahead and, and talk about uh, some of those things that you're doing uh, out here in the, the community with the Our Lady of the Lake programs. Yes, uh, we have the Center of Information Assurance Management and Leadership, CAML for short, and um, the goal of this uh, center is to support small businesses in um, information assurance risk management, police policy and procedures, uh, employee and user awareness and training, uh, also information system certification and accreditation, contingency planning and others. So it started as a policy hub, um, but now it addresses the community needs. Um, we also participate in the National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Um, for the past two years, we held uh, seminars, student activ activities, games um, to educate the public and the university community about cybersecurity. And we also go out to the community centers and organizations and we hold seminars about, uh, for example, internet safety and uh, cybersecurity awareness and, and, and so forth. We also would like to um, uh, conduct camps uh, for summers, uh, summer camps for uh, teachers. Um, recently this summer we had a computer science camp and we are seeking Gen Cyber funding to conduct a Gen Cyber teachers camp uh, in, in the next year. Yeah, I mean, this is, is one as uh, we look out there across uh, high school education in Texas and, and everywhere. Um, there's not enough uh, teachers that have a cybersecurity background and knowledge to teach all the courses. There's um, even struggling at many of the high schools to get a uh, computer science uh, teacher to be able to teach at the high school level the intro to computer science and some of the fundamental classes um, that folks need to come into a bachelor's program and really hit the ground running. It'd be nice if they had those in high school. It's not required. You can come in and, and start from from scratch uh, if you've got the, the math and just a general high school education background you can go there but being able to offer some more of this down at the high school level will uh, help accelerate uh, the education programs at the college level uh, and uh, so I thank you for running some of these summer classes to uh, help the teachers out there broaden their certification so that they can uh, help educate our high school kids. Yes, uh, that's true. Um, we also um, like to um, inspire our students to do the same, like to mentor um, high school students or middle school students who are participating in the Cyber Patriot competitions. Uh, um, our students right now have um, a club 
called AITP, which is, you know, a chapter, local chapter of the Association of Information Technology Professionals. Part of that club, we have the Cyber Saints group. Cyber Saints um, uh, go to competitions, security competitions like Panoply, CCDC, and the National Cyber League. Um, in October of 2015, they placed third in the Panoply competition. And what they do is actually, um, they train themselves. Uh, we supervise them, but we provide them with the tools. They have uh, their own lab and they conduct their own seminars. They learn from each other's and uh, uh, they're doing really well. And the experience that they're getting from each other's is is uh, enhancing their learning. Uh, we also like um, to have experiential learning. We um, we try to uh, communicate with um, our local uh, industry, finding internships, service learning, like their projects um, uh, for you know small organizations. They design information systems and they secure their information systems for free as a project um, and. Uh, also, our students get employed by our own IT department. So they become um, student tech assist assistant, and they help in configuring the IT infrastructure in Our Lady of the Lake. And that has been a very valuable lesson for them as well. Yeah, you, you get uh, work experience, uh, and you get to help uh, offset some of the, the cost of uh, being a student. Because yes. even if you are on a scholarship, um, there's still costs each year there uh, for uh, just the doing all of the activities and things you want to do outside of the the actual core classwork. So that's um, a, a great uh, way to work uh, in school. I had some friends that did that back when when I went. I was not lucky enough to get one of those IT jobs in in our uh, department. Uh, so I spent my time working in restaurants while I was in college, uh, <laughs> which is not as good on your resume, by the way, kids. <laughs> yes, that's true. We also try to connect our uh, students with the, with the industry folk. Like uh, we invite uh, uh, speakers from. Um, uh, USAA, Rackspace, Digital Defense, uh, Southwest Research Institute, and other companies. And um, the students learn how to network with them, how to make connections. And um, uh, they also learn from them what, what is marketable, what are the skills that they need to have. And uh, our graduates get hired right away, most of them. And we get great feedback from those organizations about the quality of learning that we do uh, with our students. Yeah. So you had uh, said there uh, real uh, kind of briefly a little bit talking about the National Cyber Defense Competition, your, your uh, Saints team there at Our Lady of the Lake. Um, for those uh, that need a little background on this, so in the high school and middle school level, there's a program out there called Cyber Patriot. This is a team sport for cybersecurity. So uh, the, the kids get together just like they do for basketball, football, baseball, any other team sport. Um, they have positions on the team that they play, and their job is to uh, secure computing systems, networks, and servers, and diagnose and dig into malware and all these um, different analysis and problem and puzzle solving. And they work as a team with a the scoreboard. They learn all the benefits of the, the team sport um, and being part of a team and competing in a competition. And then while they're doing that, they're learning the cybersecurity job skills. Uh, which are, are very valuable uh, out there to those employers. And then this um, Cyber Patriot at the middle school and high school level translates through to 
uh, that the collegiate cyber defense competitions and those other uh, collegiate level cybersecurity competitions. So that'll continue on from the, the collegiate level competitions into even as a security professionals out there in industry, there's a, a conference every year called uh, DEF CON. Um, and at that conference, they have a uh, capture the flag competition there. Uh, and at, that is, is one where uh, you have, it's kind of pro, no one gets paid. You don't win a bunch of money if you win the capture the flag. If you, if you are the winner of that capture the flag competition there, you've got a list of job offers out there. So uh, it's one where you you effectively are, can go through this and team sport wise and learn to compete all the way up to that pro level uh, in the uh, computer security. So if your, your kids are, are on their computer and they're doing a bunch of stuff in the evening, they may not just be playing computer games. They might not be chatting with their friends. Um, ask them if they've joined the Cyber Patriot team at their high school or if they're off in college and they're doing this cyber defense competition um, and they're asking you for uh, plane tickets to travel to a competition or whatever else. If sometimes uh, some of the schools are able to take care of that with the team, some of these uh, competitions, uh, it's going to require uh, the kids paying for the, the travel themselves. So this is stuff you, you may want to support. They're not just flying around to go play computer games. So you, you said that they had uh, participated in uh, one of the competitions last year, got third. Yes, in 2015. 2015. Oh, yeah, this is Panoply, the Panoply competition. They participated in the CCDC as, as well, but they did, did, did not win. Uh, but before that, um, they were able to um, win. Uh, I don't have all the numbers with me. Um, as you know, when new students come, they join the team and they start training with them. So um, it's a different skill set uh, each year that we have with the team. Yeah. yeah, and as we were talking uh, in, on the bottom of the hour break there a little bit about the uh, gender diversity at Our Lady of the Lake, you've got a, a number of uh, female professors, yourself included, a very diverse um, student body uh, on the, the more than half is my understanding, maybe as you were saying, uh, enrolled as females? Yes, about half. Yeah, which is is awesome. I mean, if you uh, for those listening out there across the tech industry in whole, um, tech companies tend to have 20, maybe 30. 30% females inside the organization. But if you really drill down and get into uh, the programs that uh, and jobs at those companies that require a computer science degree or require a computer information system security degree, uh, it gets to be five or 10%. These are numbers tech companies don't want to come out and say, but most of those, the, the females employed in technology companies are working in HR and marketing and maybe customer service and sales. They're not working in the computer security research jobs. They're not working in those fields because they're not staying through and completing the degree programs right now. It's, a, it's just one where I think they're not necessarily seeing a, a faculty like the one you have at Our Lady of the Lake um, that gives them role models where they believe that they can go off and do malware research. Yes, definitely. Uh, we support our students. Uh, we provide them with the tools um, uh, to go out in the field and, and, and witness uh, what, what is it to be a computer professional or cybersecurity professional. Uh, we support them. We uh, fund their travels for conferences like the AITP, um, which um, they meet with their with employers. They compete in competitions. They prove to others that they are competent. Uh, we also um, take Take uh, female students to the Women in Cybersecurity Conference uh, every year. Um, uh, we encourage them to apply for a scholarship, and every year one of our students gets a, a scholarship uh, to go there. Uh, so um, I believe 
we have a role in um, growing uh, the percentage of females in this field, and uh, we've been successful in that, um, um, given the support that we provide them and given the, the small numbers, because we give students individual attention. And if a student is not doing well, we try uh, with them. Um, I have a, I had a student who was. Uh, gonna drop out. Uh, she's failing all fair classes. She's not interested, and um, I, I personally worked with her, and now she's competing for the CCDC competition. So we we see those results, um, uh, and I think uh, what we do is really important, as important as the cyber defenders, you know, fighting on uh, on the lines, because we generate that population that uh, our um, uh, our nation needs right yeah. now. Uh, no, a absolutely. And uh, thank you for, for doing that and for um, setting a positive example and then also uh, grabbing those kids that are, are trying to, to, to maybe give up and go do something that they feel is easier or more socially acceptable um, or where they'll get more recognition from their friends of, oh, good job getting a degree in, in, in something else, which the college education is wonderful. Um, it, the cybersecurity area, there's a shortage uh, and there's going to be a shortage for the foreseeable future because um, some of the classes are hard some of these concepts are complicated and um, there are degree programs uh, that will not be as academically challenging as a cybersecurity degree um, and if your your parents are pushing you to just get a college degree uh, you may get one but it's not necessarily going to give you the the career and the job opportunities that the cybersecurity one uh, will provide so um, if you've there you've got access to professors that are, are going to listen and going to be helpful um, then please take their, them uh, they want you to succeed they want their department to grow no professor shows up to to teach classes uh, where they want to give any kid in that class a failing grade or any business professional taking a master's program no one the professors don't want kids to fail because if everyone's failing their class that's not going to be a course anymore they're trying to teach they're trying to impart knowledge um, and they if you're failing as a student, they're also going home feeling like they're failing as a professor. So this is a cycle where everyone needs to work together in the, the learning. Uh, and at Our Lady of the Lake, you have professors that are listening, caring, getting involved, and helping you uh, succeed so that they can also then go back and succeed themselves. So thank you. Uh, you're welcome. We also focus on one aspect, and I think that um, that's uh, useful, ha has proved to be useful, is focusing on service. Uh, like our school, uh, Our Lady of the Lake, um, as general, focuses on service, community service. And uh, we see our program as a service to the community, and we try to instill that in the minds of the youngsters. So um, I think when, when they feel that they are uh, inspired, they have a calling uh, that they need to uh, um, do uh, and uh, make a difference in the world, they get inspired, even for female students who find it very challenging. Uh, to do cybersecurity. So you had mentioned uh, before the bottom of the hour break uh, that you've done some research in malware yourself. Uh, and if you missed the start of the program, you can listen to this on the rebroadcast or replay on uh, iTunes, Podcast, Pocket Cast, or on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. Uh, so in your, your personal research into malware, um, it, Our Lady of the Lake, what type of research is going on uh, overall there? And uh, what sort of things are uh, you evolving uh, to teach in, in classes coming up? 
Yes, um, in our department, we have, as I mentioned, diversity of expertise. So we try to incorporate that and conduct multidisciplinary research, you know, taking cybersecurity and tying it with other areas. Um, right now, we're focused on um, behavior research on cybersecurity, um, like um, finding what is the perfect language that um, policies can be written or, you know, like acceptable use policy and so forth that will inspire more compliance and, and so forth. So um, we try uh, to incorporate also research in our teaching. We're trying to find what are the best methods um, um, that we can uh, teach cybersecurity related courses. Like in my malware analysis class, I started with something and it is uh, being morphed into other things based on the feedback of the students, their assessment and their uh, results. Uh, also, we would like to conduct other um, research in other areas such as uh, mobile payment systems and their security. So um, as I mentioned before, now everybody's paying their bills, you know, checking their bank statement online. But uh, doing research with the banks is um, proves to be not easy, you know, getting the policies, getting what they're doing. So um, we, we, but we are uh, making strikes in that. Uh, and finally, ransomware. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the epidemic of of the day right now. So we're trying to um, in, um, have our students do some research on ransomware and find you know decryptors for the encryption that uh, ransomware comes with it. Yeah. So for those that have not heard of ransomware yet, you're some of the lucky few. Uh, for those that have, I'm, I'm sorry if it, it's hit you as a, a user uh, at home or your business that you work at, but um, this is where uh, criminals are coming in. Um, they're effectively kidnapping the files in your computer. They're locking them up, and then they're asking you for a ransom to get them back. The The reason that this is so prevalent now is hackers used to put malware in your computer to join it to be part of a botnet, and then they would rent those bots out, and that's how they would make money. Well, they found out they can make much more money uh, by putting the ransomware on your computer instead of a botnet software. Um, and then having you pay them directly instead of some third party paying them to then start using your computing system. And with this ransomware, though, still, it's one where as a home user, they might ask you for 200 to $500. If you're a business, they might ask you for 200 to $500, maybe $1,000 per computer that they happen to infect at your business. But these numbers end up small enough that, uh, I mean, if you call uh, the San Antonio Police Department, and this is nothing against what the police chief McManus and his, his team is doing there, but you say that I have a, a property crime, um, someone's stolen $200 from me, um, no one's been hurt, um, no permanent damage has been done, oh, and by the way, I think this criminal might be in some country um, in the Eastern Europe, they might be in um, Southeast Asia, they might be in South America, but they're probably not here in San Antonio, they've never set foot in San Antonio and they stole $200 from me. They don't have the resources to go investigate that. They can list it. They can tell you to call the local FBI office. The FBI is going to add you to the overall case of people that have been hit by that ransomware. Uh, but it's one that the, the criminals know that it's difficult uh, for the authorities to go prosecute them. And uh, so being that it's $200 is, is one where they go, well, they're not making that much money off of this. But if you think if they infect a million people in America and they ask them for $200 each. Now they've made $200 million. So uh, for the criminals, this ends up being very big business. Um, but for the authorities, it's very difficult to uh, 
police and go track down the criminals and arrest them for the criminal behavior. So we have to have cybersecurity research preventing this ransomware from happening in the first place or finding flaws uh, in the software that those ransomware providers write uh, so that the encryption can get decrypted uh, and so that uh, maybe the software can get caught before it spreads to every computer inside of a business. Yes, that's right. Uh, for example, the uh, Mamba ransomware, um, you know, uh, it, it disappeared for a while, but now it's back in action. And uh, the scary thing about Bamba is that it encrypts the whole hard disk, not individual files. So you can lose the whole computer. And um, what's interesting about this ransomware is that it, the cre creators uh, set out to try something a bit different. So they they started with encrypting the whole hard disk, and we don't know what they want to do um, later on. Yeah, and this is uh, one to try to understand the motivations of some of these attackers. They ask for payment up front. Uh, uh, I'd mentioned money, but it's really paid in Bitcoin. Um, you can learn more about Bitcoin uh, online. Um, search for that. There's uh, We've talked about Bitcoin in some past episodes of Cyber Talk Radio as well. Um, we're uh, reaching the... Uh, end of the program here. If you'd like to learn more about Our Lady of the Lake, um, their computer information systems and security programs, uh, both uh, uh, undergraduate bachelor's uh, degree in science, uh, business administration with uh, almost a double major uh, emphasis there going through uh, to computer security. Uh, you can uh, check out Our Lady of the Lake's website online. Uh, you'll be able to see uh, links to that on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com or on the uh, recap blog post uh, that we will uh, put up here on Tuesday uh, after this program initially aired. So to continue uh, on the research on that ransomware variant to help uh, kind of the audience uh, understand uh, what it looks like to go uh, dig into one of these programs, when did this variant uh, of ransomware emerge and, and how long have you been looking at it from a, a study perspective? A couple of years, like um, two or three years. Um, it, it was uh, active at the beginning, like in 2015, and, and uh, it died down, but now it's back in action um, because um, Descryptor is what known as a full disk encryption, which is FDE tool, just like the Microsoft BitLocker or the Apple's uh, file value that asks for a password at boot up and then decrypts every sector as it reads in and encrypts every sector as it is written out. So, um, um, it's it's a very dangerous ransomware, and um, getting it out of your system gonna be really really hard. Um, we we have seen Mamba samples in email traps, so uh, you know users have to pay attention to phishing emails uh, that looks you know really really. Uh, real that comes from trusted sources. For more on the phishing, spear phishing, and the types of ways hackers get ransomware into your system, uh, check out our website at www.cybertalkradio.com and we've got some uh, past programs that dive into those type of attacks.